Hey guys, welcome into the Stinky Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Schler, alongside my host, Mike Evans. My co-host, Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, producing the show. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, Bet with Bet Rivers. Mike, how are you, buddy? Wow, I'm great. I There's so much to talk about this week, Stink. And, and before we even get to the games, there are so many stories involving non-playoff teams. How about the latest? Derek Carr saying goodbye to Raider Nation as the expectation is the Raiders are going to trade him before February 15th when the next two years of his contract become guaranteed. I guess we saw this coming, right? Yeah, I don't – like, I, I I don't get it. I think Derek Carr is a damn good quarterback, and he's a really – like, he's a great leader. Uh, it just is it, – it, you know, I, I go back to Josh McDaniels when he was hired in Denver, and they had a first-round – draft choice in Jay Cutler who he couldn't wait to get rid of and his his dream scenario was to go out and get Matt Castle you know his former New England Patriot backup quarterback who I mean to be fair won 11 games when Tom Brady blew out his knee in 2008 but I mean the bottom line is come on really like that's that's where you're, you're getting rid of Derek Carr now here's the crazy thing think about all the teams that would immediately be upgraded at the quarterback position Hell, you can go the whole NFC South. That whole division right now. In Atlanta, Desmond Ritter's the starting quarterback. In New Orleans, you don't think you'd rather have Derek Carr over over the Red Rifle? How about Carolina? I mean, come on. Are are you – Tampa Bay, I mean, Tom Brady's going to – he's leaving. Would that be a perfect fit in Tampa Bay? I mean, like – Keep going. How about about most of the AFC South? Sure. Indy? Andy, Houston, other Tennessee. than Jacksonville, yeah, other than Jacksonville, I right. mean, so Miami, you don't know the future of Tua, right? How about Miami? Yep, Washington, Washington, that you know they're not picking up Carson Wentz's deal. And let's face it, if you're Taylor Heineke, don't you just aren't you like at the point now, like, hey man, I need to make him, I need to make a move. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm relegated now to being a backup, and I understand that. But maybe there's there's a chance for me to just kind of change the, you know, change, just change of scenery, so to speak. I mean, I mean, there. What do we just What do we just knock off? What twelve teams? And there's probably. I mean, there's a bunch more that I'm not even thinking about. But just because you're talking about these teams that would be upgraded with Derek Carr, what what and who is Derek Carr? So if I if I ask you this question, fill in the blank. Derek Carr is a top blank quarterback. Um, there's 32 of them in the NFL. He's a top fill in the fill in the blank. What number? Top 20, top 15, yeah, top he's 10. A, he's a top 20. He's in he's in he's in the teens range somewhere. I I'd put him top at least top 15. Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. yeah. Better better than average. Better than the the the, the second half of the a- league. Absolutely. So if you're going, you know, you're going kind of the tier one is the the goat guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going Mahomes, you're going Aaron Rodgers, you're going Tom Brady, you're going like that tier. Then the next tier of quarterbacks, he's somewhere in that next tier of quarterbacks. Mm, I would disagree. So, like, if the if the top tier is the Brady's, Mahomes, Rodgers, second tier is the what Allen's? I'd even put Allen in the top tier. But, Allen, okay. I put in the top tier. Burrow, right. top tier. Burrow top tier, yeah. All right, Those Her- guys, Herbert second tier. Herbert, I, Herbert is it. 
Herbert's done more than any of those quarterbacks you just mag- that you just mentioned in the first three years. Okay, all right. So I, I I'm getting it clear. So that. That's okay. what I. That's all right. What so I'm that's saying. your top tier. Then yes. Then, then the it, second tier, I'd put him in. Yes. Okay. Derek that that's yeah. kind of okay, where. That's kind of how that's I'm. Fair. I'm not like there's there's if you really want to break it down tier by tier by tier, you go Mahomes, boom, <laughs> and then you go the next tier, right? Well, yeah. So I mean, like I I don't want to get that specific, but yeah, I, he's in that next tier of quarterbacks after. You know, you, you're taking out the top seven or eight guys, then in that next whatever that next pool of quarterbacks are. So there would be. How about how about how about this? Obviously, it looks like what's going on in Baltimore right now. That relationship between Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens is headed for divorce. What about the Raiders and the Raiders and the uh, Baltimore Ravens coming to an agreement, making a swap of quarterbacks, making a deal? So, so you you think irreconcilable differences between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? It certainly seems like it. Certainly seems like. I mean, they've been thinking that Lamar is going to come back for since Christmas he, Eve. Yeah, and you know, and and the rumblings and the whisperings are, it's you know, is he still hurt? Yes, but could he play if he wanted? Like most of it, most of the guys play with injuries. That there feels like, and I don't know, I don't have any, I have no insight on this, none. But it it doesn't feel like my knee's not quite a hundred percent yet. Nobody's knee's a hundred percent right now. So you're saying he's he's withholding services. He's withholding his services because he doesn't have a new I, contract. I am saying that feels it does feel like that's something that's going on, and I don't know that. I have no idea, and I think Lamar is a great young player, and I think he you know, certainly is deserving of a new contract. But we've said this before. Like, if he's a pocket guy, if it's not dependent on him being an athlete, come on. If he's Joe Burrow, if he's that style of quarterback, that deal would have been done. Would it not? If there wasn't a question in the Baltimore Ravens' head about the sustainability of the offense that they run under Lamar Jackson – that quarter that that quarterback would have a new contract. He'd have been signed last summer, hundred percent, no doubt. Okay, good. So we're on the same page Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So I, their reluctance speaks volumes, right? Absolutely. All right. So they they're looking at this like, hey man, we've we've, I mean we've done incredible things here as an organization with a quarterback, but we don't want to sink all that guaranteed money into a guy that's rely. He relies upon his athleticism to make plays and win games. I think that's fair. Do you not? Yes. So that's that's the hesitancy. It's not that they don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him all the guaranteed money and understand that we we put you, based on our offense and based on your skill set, in harm's way more often than than a traditional quarterback would be put in harm's way. But you better have a a plan to replace him because in this league, I think you could point to plenty of examples where teams have paid quarterbacks probably knowing in their gut that this guy doesn't pass the confetti test, but it's better to try to go with him than all of a sudden putting yourself back out there into that that vast – Desert of, uh-oh, where yeah. do we find our next quarterback? Right. But you just saw that in Arizona. 
You saw that in Arizona this offseason where they put Kyler Murray in and they paid Kyler Murray, and the owner wanted a study clause in there. And we saw how that went over, like, you know, like a fart in a church pew. I mean, that thing was, you know, thing was that it, it looks now, and obviously they, what, they win four games or whatever. They just fired their head coach. Kyler Murray tore his ACL in December. I mean, that, that looks like an abject disaster right now. So, like, you can't be forced to pay more than you want to pay for a guy with, with that you believe doesn't pass the confetti test and has a limited skill set. And I think that's I, – I think personally – had they not felt that way, had they not felt like, and it's not that they don't like him, and it's not that he's not dynamic, and he's not, it, it's none of that. It's just, he's a great leader. He's a smart kid. He, he's all those things. It's this style of offense. We have questions on its sustainability, especially as you grow older. And you know what? I think that's playing out in Chicago right now. Hey, there's there's some smoke out there. There. And even even the Bears themselves, you could have come out and categorically said, hey, Justin Fields is our guy. Even though we have the number one pick in the draft, he's our guy. No questions asked. We are one of the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. We got our franchise quarterback. Instead, you got the Mike Tannenbaum report saying that – you know, if it was up to him, mm-hmm. he he would he would take Bryce Young at number one, and he'd he'd look to move he'd look to move uh, right. Justin Fields. Even even the Bears came out and said, their quote was, "We'd have to be blown away." Right. Well, what does that tell you? Well, that tells me is like, it is it again? Do they have some of the same concerns about Justin Fields as the Ravens have about sure. the he, sustainability. Yeah, he was injured and he was beat up a bit. And so absolutely they've got they've got some concerns. I don't think there's any question. So um and then they're also, yeah, I mean, they're also, let's face it, they're also digging deep there, saying we'd have to be blown away. So hey, somebody come blow us away. Yeah. Oh, they're open for business. Yeah, yeah. they're open and, and and they should, they should be. be. They've yeah. got a you know, I mean, they haven't won anything. They've got the first pick overall in the draft. Um, yeah, they should be open for business. Lovey Smith get done wrong? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Although the report, uh, and I don't know, I mean, I I, I read it on Twitter, so. Oh, it's, it's got to be true. It, it's got to be true. But that, like, people were calling down from the booth or the owner's box or whatever or, or tell them, Hey, let's miss the extra point on purpose so we can get the first overall. And and Levy Smith is like, oh, what you want us to go for it for two? Yeah, we'll go for two. Like, I love that about Levy Smith. I thought he did a hell of a job in a really crappy circumstance in Houston. Um, and by the way, is if that's if that report's true, if you're calling down saying, hey, lose on purpose so we can get a better draft, so we can get the number one slot in there, then from an ownership standpoint, your ownership should be stripped. And I understand, Mike. I understand. I know you're going to come back, but you don't think teams like in the well, other sports? Well, in the other sports, yeah, sure. There, there's tanking all over the place. Well, and they don't even apologize for it. Yes. Why yes. not the NFL? Because I think one thing that has been proven is that the, the NFL is the ultimate team sport, and you've got to build a football team. And 
one draft pick, you know, you're only one Baker Mayfield away from going straight to, you know, multiple super. Oh, wait. How'd that work? Oh, but you know what? It's Jameis Went. Oh, wait. But Marcus Mariota. Oh, wait. But how about Jerry? Oh, wait. But you know what? It's Carson. Oh, wait. Yeah. It does. It just doesn't work that way. By the way, you think. That's Jets fan. Yeah. 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 Well, well, we'll just get, you know, we'll get Sam Darnold. Oh, hold on. Okay. Now it's Zach Wilson. They can't wait to get. You hear what Zach Wilson said the other day? By the way, speaking of that, now that my mind is just rambling on, whoever comes in, if they bring a veteran quarterback, I'm going to make his, I'm going to make every day of practice a living hell. You know why? Because I'm going to take his mom out for a nice steak dinner. <laughs> then I'm not even going to call her. And I'm going to tell him about it. <laughs> Big plate of sizzle. I mean, you want to talk who about is a, this guy, right? You want what to are talk you about doing? Somebody who had like it's it's people you take off, like people I would take off my draft. Remember when was it Deshaun Kaiser who came yeah, out yeah, and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. "I got the body of Cam Newton and the brains of Tom Brady." <laughs> that's right. Instantly off my draft board. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Instantly, that's like right. yeah, you, um, yeah. yeah, you're not really gonna play. It's not. Yeah, we don't really need you here. Like. <laughs> How can you be that dumb? I know. And I you mean, spent a couple of years in New York, so you think you'd uh, learn a little bit of media savvy, right? Nope. No. No. Nope. Just the bravado that just, really, dude? Really? What's next for Aaron Rodgers? That's, that is a great question. I mean, that is a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like he's done. I really don't. But I do... And, you know, and Packer fans are all over me because of something I said on Colin Cowherd that completely was butchered by some, you know, internet blog boy in Wisconsin that had... Hey, here you go. Your podcast set the record straight. Right. That had no context. So, I'm doing... It's Nick Wright who was hosting for Colin Cowherd. And the segment before I come in... He's lipping on about how the Packers made a huge mistake by not playing Jordan Love at the end of the season. Huge mistake. They needed to find out what Jordan Love had. And so he goes to break, and they connect us so we can talk. And I go, I totally disagree with you. It's not a huge mistake at all. He goes, you don't think they should have played? I go, no, they already know what they got. And so he's like, really? And I go, yeah, I mean, and so we we come back on, and he's like, you said something, you know, da 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 during the break. And I go, yeah, well, I mean, if you've already made a decision that Jordan Love has progressed, one of the reasons they brought they, – they, there's a coach named Tom Clements. He was huge in the development of, of Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was a rookie. Tom does a great job with quarterbacks, but a great job of the global understanding of football, meaning, hey, man, if you get this defensive front – that they play, let's call it an under front. So they're going to play under front. So you got three guys weak, a guy strong, you know, a nose guard and a one technique on the strong side of the formation. So it's an under. You can play an under, you can play an over, you can play an even, you can play Oki, three, four. Like there's there's a, a lot of different fronts. But he'll tie a coverage to a front or a blitz to a front. So basically, Aaron Rodgers is like, man, I, I don't even look at defensive backfield I can tell where the rotation is coming and if they're going to be in a post high safety or two high safety based on the front they're playing. 
all stuff that Tom Clemens taught me about football. And then tying your feet to the route and the route progressions and just being stickler for footwork and for just all the things. And we do a bunch of drills. and So on and on and on about Tom Clemens. So they bring Tom Clemens back. And Aaron told me it's the first time I've ever seen, like in in my years here with, with, uh, with Jordan Love, where Jordan Love just leaps and bounds grew under Tom Clemens. And, you know, we had these conversations about sticking it to the defense, like going out there on – on the look squad and just absolutely eviscerating them. And, you know, so we have this long conversation about, about the growth and maturity of, of Jordan Love. And then he came in and played in a game where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and he plays outstanding. So my premise to Nick Wright was they already know what they have in Jordan. They already feel like Jordan Love has progressed to the point where he's ready to play. And I got, so that was my point. So at that point, what do you do with Aaron Rodgers? And I asked Aaron point blank, are you playing next year? And and his response to me was, I'm not sure. I haven't really made that decision. And if I do decide to play, where? Am I going to be here or am I going to be elsewhere? Because he goes, I understand that it's sent eventually, and very much the, Tom, uh, the uh, Brett Favre stuff, eventually they're going to have to make a decision. And if they make that decision, I'll totally understand it. I don't know the salary cap rep, uh, repercussions. I don't like. I'm not a news reporter. I don't. I don't know. I just I like games and I I like to study football and so my thought process is I I my gut tells me that Aaron wants to play again. My gut also tells me I don't know that it's going to be in Green Bay. And I, I it does is that a trade? I I don't know. I know there's a huge. You know, there's a huge perceived cap hit and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, uh, again, I don't know how contracts work, and maybe there's a way to manipulate some of that so you're not paying that. But even if even if you take the cap hit, let's say it's $50 bucks, you take the cap hit, you're going to pay it if Aaron Rodgers played there. Okay? So you were prepared to you, – you, you financially were prepared to eat that if Aaron Rodgers played because you're paying Jordan Love whatever you're paying him. So – you're either going to eat it or you're going to trade for him and get some relief, but you're still going to have to eat some of it. But you've you've already made a concession in your quarterback room that this is the money we have to pay, right? So m- maybe I'm overthinking it or, or underthinking it. I don't know. You know, the NFL is – we just proved it for the first 18 minutes of this podcast that the storylines that go on in the NFL during the offseason make it the best offseason to talk about of any sport – but we do have games to talk about. Oh, yeah. There are actual playoff games, a bunch of them going on this weekend, so I want to get your quick thoughts on them. Let's start with the games on Saturday. Seahawks at the 49ers. I think the 49ers are the most complete team in football, even with a rookie quarterback. Like, just line of scrimmage complete. Um, and to me, you win in the playoffs by dominating the line of scrimmage. They, they do that defensively, offensively. They That's what they do. So, um, like, I... I love what they've done. Brock Purdy, they're the one team like Dallas. For Dallas to win, Dak's got to play really well, right? He's got to, for Tampa to be, play win, Brady's got to be lights out. Like, for Philly to win, Hurts has got to play really well. Like, they're the one team not dependent on their quarterback. I'm not saying that he can screw it up, but they're not They're not saying, hey, you got to throw three touchdowns. They're like, hey, man, manage the game. We'll create 
We'll create some explosives in the passing game. We're going to run the game. We'll run the ball. We'll do the things we do. We control the line of scrimmage. We rotate nine or ten guys on our defensive line. We're always fresh. We we pressure the quarterback. Our linebackers can run like none other. Like we'll we'll be in every game because of our defense. So um, that's that's kind of where I'm at with with San Francisco. I think they I think that win that game easy. Plus Seattle, they've already won. They they proved that they did the right thing in moving on from Russell Wilson. They won without Russell Wilson. They get the Broncos' first-round pick, right. which is fifth overall, and they made the playoffs. They've won. Uh, yeah, I w- I'm with you. Uh, 49ers are, are the team to go with uh, right there. How about the Saturday night game? Intriguing. Chargers and Jaguars. Two teams that just, you know, they have no playoff resume to, to bank yeah. on, you know? Yeah. So we're just kind of looking at two teams like, all right, who's who's ready to step up? Did the, didn't the Jags just just torch them early in the yes, season. Yes. Like on the road. Like I think the Jags are just a physical team. You know, you know I've talked about this a lot. Like we need to start um we need to start calling it differently. You know, when you go out and get a coach that has coached before, you know, we always call them retreads and it's such a negative term. Yeah. Like I think I don't know if you came up with it or texters came up with it. Certified pre-owned. Certified pre-owned. Yeah. This is certified pre-owned. There's a lot of coach. good certified pre-owned deals out there. Exactly. Like you buy a used car and it just feels like a used car. Yeah. You buy a certified pre-owned. Mm-hmm. You're, you got your chest puffed out a little I think bit. Gone right? through the 28 point inspection plan. Yeah. yeah you feel you're good. Damn, you're damn right. It does. <laughs> I got a deal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like this bad boy's running forever. Um, I just like the, I like Jacksonville. Like the change of culture. What Doug Peterson has brought. The confidence with which Trevor Lawrence is playing now, that and um, I just feel like Brandon Staley is going to go for it on a fourth down situation. Well, although Doug Peterson has that in him too, yeah, it's true. But I just I feel like I've said this for a million years, and until they prove me wrong, Chargers are going to charge her. Like they're just going to find a way to lose that game. That's kind of my gut. Sunday's games, Dolphins at the Bills, and while I appreciate the optimism of the Miami social media department yes. that says, hey, Tua, get well, we'll see you for the Kansas City game. Uh, sorry, I don't see Skylar Thompson leading the Dolphins to victory in Buffalo against Josh Allen and crew. Right. I don't – yeah, I don't either. I mean, I think that I think that the Buffalo Bills are a superior football team pretty much in every phase of the game, especially at the quarterback position – um, I don't know what the point spread is, but I'll take it's already Buffalo. two touchdowns. Yeah, I'll take Buffalo and give the points. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Okay, a game that is is pretty interesting because you called this game just a couple of weeks ago, right? Giants. Yeah. At Vikings a couple of weeks ago, and now you get the Giants at the Vikings again. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings they're without question are a more talented team. I think you know receiving core they have much better receiving core. I think. Um, you know, from like a running, if, if I was doing a tail of the tape, probably the only place that I would put the Giants as superior to the Vikings offensively is running back. But Dalvin Cook's a damn good running back. So, but I would give the nod to the Giants there. Defensively, um, I would give the nod in every category to the Vikings, DBs, linebackers, D-line. I sense a but coming. Yeah, but what Brian Dable has done with that Giants squad, and I did five or six Giants games the year before last. I did two Giants games this year. Mike, what he has done 
with the talent he has. Think about this. Both of their starting corners were on different teams throughout the preseason. Both of them got cut, and the Giants picked them both up. Their starting safety is a guy by the name of, uh, I think it's Jason Pinnock. I think in September he was playing for the Jets. Released him, Giants picked him up. Landon Collins was on the street in September, former All-Pro, struggled the last couple of years. They picked him up, put him on practice squad, humbled himself, making plays at a nickel linebacker position. Their starting middle linebacker was on the couch in October, Jalen Smith. Didn't have a job in October. Their starting wide receiver, Isaiah Hodgins, the guy that's making the big plays for him, was on the Bills practice squad November 1st. Their offensive line, their first rounder at the left tackle, they got a first rounder at the right tackle, although that first rounder is a rookie and he has struggled. Their interior is a bunch of guys from other teams. They're, they're also Rams. And I'm not saying this to be derogatory. I'm saying it, what an incredible job. Number one, those guys have done playing with chips on their shoulders. And number two, how Brian Dable's got all those guys to come together and, and play that way. Um, absolutely. That there's a mental, what I'm hearing is there's a mental toughness with the Giants that makes him very dangerous as an underdog. Yes, there is a, there's like, I wouldn't, I'll take the Vikings, but I take the Vikings with trepidation. I wouldn't be surprised at all the if the line, Giants the win that game. The line reflects it. The It's only a field goal game. Mm-hmm. It's only a field goal game. I think yeah. that. Now, granted, uh, you, you get a lot of New York uh, wagers, but no, I, I I think that that is reflected in in the line. Minnesota is perceived to be the better team; they're at home, but the Giants going to be a tough out. Yeah, Baltimore and Cincy, again, no Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I I think since Cincy's a team in the AFC that I don't think anybody feels comfortable playing, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cincy represent the the AFC in the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. Yep, I'm with you. They're dangerous. So whatever that spread is, I'll take Cincy. Give okay. the points. Monday night, Dallas, Tampa. Oh, ESPN loves this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they are going to be all over this game. Tom against America's team. So here's what I know about, well, you know, I, I'm very much like the Chargers. The Cowboys going to Cowboy. Um, I know that theoretically Cowboys are a better team. I think two things are going to happen here. I think Tom and his receivers are dialed in right now. And I think they're a much better team, are ready to be a much better team than they've shown throughout the season. Um, that's, you know, talking to Byron Leftwich, their offensive coordinator, you know, everybody makes a big deal of them being the 32nd ranked rush team and, oh, my, they can't run the ball today. He's like, dude, you guys, you guys act like it's a huge deal. He goes, it's not like we went from number seven to number 20 or 32. We went from number 26 or 27 to 32. Like, we've never run the ball. When we won all these playoff games and we went to this, we won a Super Bowl, we didn't run the ball. It's just not who we are. Tom Brady is that good. And then I think the big thing is because of injuries, because of Tom Brady's issues, because of all the things that went on early in the season, Todd Bowles has not coordinated his defense like he normally does. He's a guy that brings pressure 50% plus. And he's, you know, honed that down to about, Hone that down to about, you know, 25, 30%. I think what you're going to see now is the real Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Defensively, they're going to bring pressure. They're going to they're going to create turnovers. They're going to create sacks. And they feel like their offense has got a big a, enough big play ability to win that game. I'm I'm taking Tampa. 
Tom Brady in his Tampa swan song and maybe his NFL career swan song at home mm. as an underdog? Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that, Dallas. Yeah, good luck. Anyhow, that's that's where I'm at. So, hey, that does it for us. Stinking Truth Podcast. For Mike, I am Mark. We appreciate you so much. I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. You can also check us out at stinkinggood.com for all your green chili and queso needs throughout the playoffs. Check it out, stinkagood.com. For Mike, I am Mark. We thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon.